Cornerstone Church of Dothan, Alabama is built on the unchanging Word of God. We believe the life-altering message of Jesus Christ is still the only power on earth of changing a human heart. Now, let's join today's message. Go ahead, if you would please, and open up your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, if you would please, Matthew chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 13 through 18 here in just a moment. But in praying about what to minister to you today, uh, this, these verses of Scripture here in Matthew just kept coming up in me. And so I'm going to just do my best this morning with God's help, not just my best. I'm thankful it's not just how good I can do. But it's the Lord's anointing in my life. It's Him helping me to bring forth this word to you that I believe is, is a word in season. But the title of my message is simply this this morning, Lord of all. Lord of all. The Lord's been dealing with my heart uh, actually this past couple of weeks about the subject of, of lordship. And this is something we're going to be looking into more in, in the weeks to come. But I, I just want to look at a few things this morning that I think will stir us up in this area, things that I think that the Word says that we need to see and, and understand and, and trust God for understanding in this area of Lordship. What does it mean for Him, you know, to be Lord? We've heard, you know, people say, well, He's, he's the Savior of my life, and, and thank God for that. Thank God He's Savior of our life. Savior describes what He's done for us, His works in our life. But is He Lord? Is He the supreme authority in your life? Does he have the final say in your life? That's what the word Lord means, the supreme authority. It means headship. It means one that you've completely submitted to. Lordship describes his position in our life. Okay? Savior's what he's done. Thank God. Anybody this morning just real happy that you're saved here today? I mean, just real happy that you're saved. You made that decision for him to be Savior of your life, the one, the only one that can save you. Good works don't save you. Keeping the law doesn't save you. Going to just a particular church and having them do things in a particular way save you. No, the Bible says there's salvation in no other. No other. No other name given among men under heaven among men whereby we must be saved except by the name of Jesus. And so we're thankful for him being Savior. But I'm going to tell you what, I am just as thankful and I hope you are as well that he's Lord of my life as well too. He's Savior, but he's also Lord. Amen. Now, we're going to look at this this morning. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew, the 16th chapter. We'll read verses 13 through 18. The scripture says this, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Who am I? They're saying. Or he's asking, who, who are people saying that I am? Verse 14. So they said, some say you're John the Baptist some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or just one of the prophets. Verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? We'll come back to that in just a moment. Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. That word, that word Christ is in the Greek is the word Christos. It means Messiah. It means the anointed one. You're the Christ. And we'd see that this message would be conveyed uh, in, in the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament that he's the Christ. You know, Christ is not Jesus' last name. All right? 
It, it describes a part of, of, of we're not describing who he is. He's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He, he's, he's anointed with yoke destroying and burden removing power. Glory to God to set people free. You know, part of the vision of Cornerstone Church, you know, is to, is to let people know about the love of God. But it's also to let people know and, and, and get acquainted with and have the power of God working in their life. I'm thankful for his love in my life, aren't you? I'm thankful that his love is just awesome. But I'm also thankful for his power working in my life, his ability working in my life. And so he said this. Once again, it said this. Uh, he said, you are... But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the anointed one. You're the Christos. You're the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed or made this known to you, but my father who is in heaven. Verse 18, and I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, this revelation of, of what you've just said about me, this rock that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God, I'm going to build my church. And this ought to be something for us to get real excited about as the church today because of what we see happening in the world, the, the, the things happening against the church this day all over the way. He said, but the, upon this rock, I will build my church. And I love this. It says this, and the gates of what? Hades shall not what? shall not prevail against it. In other words, they're not going to win. The gates of hell are not going to, 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 to be victorious over my church. Anybody excited about that this morning? I know I am. I, I'm excited to know that no matter you know, what darkness may come into the world, thank God we're children of light. Amen. Know how, how much despair may come into the world, we're children of hope. I don't know how much fear may come to the world, but thank God we're children of faith. Amen. We have, we have faith in the completed work of Jesus. Like Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ now lives in me. And this life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith. Not by feeling, not by sight. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Glory to God. He loved me. He gave himself for me. And so it says this, once again, the, the gates of hell, the forces of darkness shall not prevail against the church. You know, I think it'd be good, and I know I've done this many, many times in my life against uh, when the enemy's coming against, say, my family, or when I sense he's coming even against the church in any way. I tell you, I stand up, and I actually out loud say this, say, you're not going to prevail against my family. You're not going to prevail against this church. You're not going to prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not going to do it. But there's some things we need to understand as far as of what our part is or what our responsibility is concerning having that truth work in our life. Amen. There's some things the Scripture says, and we won't have near enough time this morning to get into it to talk about, you know, some of these things. But I do want to introduce this subject to you this morning. So you say, listen, upon this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Not going to win the battle. But let's go back up there. He said this, who do you say that I am? Some said, well, you're John the Baptist, you're Elijah, one of the prophets. But then he got more personal, didn't he? And you know, folks, to me now, this might be an over-simplistic look of Christianity, and, and maybe your view would, would differ somewhat, perhaps, you know, as far as maybe how you're looking at it. But Christianity to me is about a one-on-one, one-on-one -on -one relationship between me and God. It's not about me keeping a bunch of, you know, rules and regulations. Now, there's some things in the Bible that tell us some things that we are to obey in the New Testament. 
that have nothing to do with the law, but things that are laid down in the Scripture, in the Bible, concerning some things that we are to obey, some things that we are to do. And avoid evil, avoid, you know, uh, corrupt communication. Some things that the Scripture talks about that we are to avoid. Some things that we need to kind of watch in our life. Glory to God. But I'm going to tell you what. I, I just, I believe that where we are right now, and I think it's always been like that, but I just believe, it, just in my heart, I just sense this strong, is that God, the Holy Spirit, is just, as He always has, but it just seemed like it's maybe even more. I don't know how to quite say it, but it's just... He's coming to people and he's going, now, who do you say that I am? Who do you say? You know, I heard pastor says this and, you know, this one on television says this. And, you know, you've heard this and all kind of different things. But to me, it's always been like this. Ed. Who do you say? Who do you say? What are you saying about me? Am I just, a, you know, am I, am I Savior? Thank God he's Savior. But am I healer? Yes, you're, you're a healer. Thank God. For, aren't you glad he's a healer? Do you, people say, well, does Cornerstone Church you know, believe that healing's for today? And the, question, or the answer to that question is absolutely yes. Because the Bible talks about it. Jesus bore stripes on his back for us. We believe he's our righteousness. The only way that any person can be made right with God is through the acceptance of Jesus. And then our, 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 our righteousness from a natural standpoint, the Scripture says, is as filthy rags. There's nothing that we could do in and of ourselves to earn righteousness. But we're righteous through faith in the work of Jesus. He made us righteous. He made me righteous. He made you righteous if you're a born-again child of God. So thank God for that. But also, I, I really, really truly believe that He's also, the Holy Spirit I'm talking about, is really speaking to people's hearts about this, asking Him, is He Lord? Is He Lord, Savior, thank God, healer, yes, righteousness, yes, but is he Lord of your life? And hopefully we're all answering yes, and we're understanding what we're saying. We're understanding when we say yes to his lordship, what that means in our life, what that means as far as the way we make decisions, how we look at things. Are you with me? It affects every area of life, not just when we come to church, but it affects everything that concerns us. Just as salvation affects our life, His Lordship affects every area of our life. So He's the Lord of our life. Now, you look at Peter, he asked, you know, he asked him the, asked him the question, you know, Peter spoke to him and said, well, you're the Christ. And so it was revealed to him. You know, thank God the Scripture says later on in the book of John at the last part of Jesus' life here on earth, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to send the Comforter to you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And what he's, one of the things he's going to do is he's going to testify concerning me. In other words, he's going to let you know about me. He's going to reveal some things to you about me. He's going to take what belongs to me and he's going to show it to you. Thank God for that. And thank God after the day of Pentecost and Holy Spirit came, on, uh, came to the earth and, and the believers were filled and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and forever changed and transformed, you know, life for the, for the believer. Now we have the Spirit of the living God, the power of God living on the inside of us. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? We don't have to live this, this Christian life in our own power, in our own strength. We fail miserably when we do that. But with the power of God, with the grace of God, we're able to, to, to enjoy being a child of God. And we also have the wonderful joy of sharing with people how good it is to be a child of God. 
We can share our faith and share the love of God with people. And that's wonderful, isn't it? And so thank God for that. Thank God that we have the, the awesome privilege, you know, to, to answer yes to his lordship and have the Holy Spirit. And the scripture says this about the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, I hadn't seen, ear hadn't heard, it hasn't entered the heart of men. The things that God's prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed some things to us how? By his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And in verse 12 says this, that, he had, that the Spirit of God is given to us so we might know what the things that are what, church family, freely given to us of God. Aren't you glad for that this morning? The things that have been freely given. We don't, we don't earn them. And of course, any and everything we have from God comes, it's free, it's free from Him. You don't earn it. You can't do enough good deeds to earn anything. Everything that we have comes by grace, and we receive. Faith receives what grace has provided. Grace has provided it for us. Grace is God's side. Grace is what God's done for us. It's, it's his benevolence. It's showing the world his goodness, and it's up to us with our faith to receive what grace has provided. Say yes to it. Yes to it, Lord. But there's something that just keeps going over and over in my heart and, and about the Holy Spirit and one of the things that I believe he's going to help us see. And, and maybe this message is for me. And if it's just for me, can I just preach to me this morning? Okay. Y'all are just getting to sit in on my personal devotion time this morning. But just in the event, just in the event that someone else might go, you know, I think I want to listen to that. Just let your heart listen to what I believe the Holy Spirit Something else he wants to know and, and reveal to us about Jesus, and that's his lordship. That's his lordship. Is he Lord? Is he Lord of your life? Now, we know Peter was a bold guy, wasn't he? And he was bold. He was, he was, he was, he was a big, more like he was a big, burly man. I mean, he was, he was a fisherman. He, was just, he, he worked hard. I, I can just imagine, I don't know this, but I can imagine that he was probably well-built. And, you know, and so he's, he's out there. He's out, he, he's, he's, he says things. He does things. He says, Lord, I, I'll never, ever forsake you. I'll never leave you. But then something happens, doesn't it? I mean, he's made this comment, I'll never leave you. I'll, I'll never, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll never deny you. And Jesus said to me, he said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Before this night is up, you're going to not deny me not one time. Help me out now, not two times, but how many times, guys? Three times you'll deny. Oh, he said, no, 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 no way. Well, y'all know the story. He did. He denied him. Denied him three separate times. He said, no, I don't know you. I don't know him. No, you were with him. Your speech gives you away. No, no, don't know him. mm, -mm. And so finally, the last time, Scripture records, I think it's the book of Luke records that he had denied him. And it said at that time, some kind of way, I don't know how it worked out, but some kind of way, the eyes of Jesus met the eyes of Peter, and he, he, just, he just broke down and began to weep bitterly. Remember that? And went out. But so aren't you glad, aren't you glad that that wasn't the end of the story? Aren't you glad that Jesus said, listen, I want you to go tell my disciples and Peter what's going on here. Because I can just imagine, you know, what, what he's sensing and, and what he's going through, maybe the, the condemnation, the things that he's thinking about in his mind concerning what's just happened. And here he is, you know, just this, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. And, you know, as soon as a little pressure comes, a little maiden says, hey, you were with him. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Not me. You're, you're going to say, no, your speech gives you away. Nope, not me. 
So he denies him, runs, goes out and weeps spiritually. But Jesus is, is raised up from the dead, thank God. And we find Peter, a part of the, of the new ministry team, after Jesus is raised up, he's a part of it. He's there at the tomb, and he's, he's a part of what's going on. And, and we know that Jesus appears to the disciples on some occasions after, you know, he's being raised up. And I want us to pick up reading with this in the book of John. Turn to the book of John, if you would, please. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Would you agree with me, church family, on this statement that life is about decisions? Is that a, is that a, I mean, is that a pretty fair statement? You believe that life is about what? It's about choices. It's all about decisions. So much of it is about decisions. You know, and we have all kind of decisions to make throughout our days and through our life. But, but where, where spiritual things are concerned, you know, it's, it's about decisions. I remember long ago uh, in, in ministry, uh, I was just really, I guess, struggling uh, and, and struggling with, you know, you know, how I was doing, how I was performing. And you say, Pastor, you never thought that. Oh, yes, I did. Long time ago, long time ago. We first got started, and I would just, I would just, I'd want to do so well because, you know, I was involved with athletics all my life, and in athletics, I, I didn't play to finish second. Played to win, you know, and I found out in ministry, you don't always find out if you win after every service. Sometimes you think, you look at certain people, you go, oh my goodness, we're losing here. And you look at somebody else, you go, oh, we're winning, we're winning, we're winning. And so it fluctuates back and forth. But, you know, I was, just, I was used to just, you know, seeing Paul at the end of the game, the scoreboard said. It's not like that in ministry. Not like that at all. And so I was just trying really hard. I was, I was, I was trying too much in my own strength. I was preparing and, and doing things, but yet I just, I thought, you know, it's just, I was letting too much of this rest on me. And I, I don't know why I did that. I just, just you know, ignorance. But finally, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said this to me. He said, he said, if you'll get out of the way, I'll bless your ministry. I thought, get out of the way? Who are you? I mean, what? You know, and at that time, Steph and I were doing a lot of things. Anyway, make a long story short. I said, I'll do that. I'll, I'll get out of the way. I'll let you be the leader. Now, I don't remember saying this specifically, but what I was really saying, I'm going to let you be Lord. I'm going to let you be the supreme authority. You're the head. You're, you, listen. One of the definitions of the word Lord is someone that you answer to. They have control. One definition also says one that has control in a good way. Obviously, there's lordship in a bad way, but we're talking about the lordship of God, Jesus in your life in a good way. That you say yes to him as the one that has the final authority in your life. It's not up to you. It's not up to others. When he's Lord, we say yes to him, right? Yes to what he wants. And so here in, in John chapter 21, and just for sake of time, we'll, we'll just begin reading. I think we have the 15th verse, the 15th verse of John chapter 21. Now, my Bible has in it as a, as a title for this uh, chapter, Breakfast by the Sea. Breakfast by the Sea. Not like, not like cooked fish in the morning for breakfast, right? 
And so Jesus is there, and he's at, they don't know who he is. And so they see him and say, have you guys caught anything? He said, no, Lord, we've, we haven't caught anything. And Jesus said, you know, uh, cast the, the net on the right side of the boat. And then it was filled. And, you know, and then, and then John recognized that it was Jesus. And he said, it's the master. It's the master. And so, you know, they, Peter jumps in the water and then swims out. And, of course, Jesus is there. And, and they have a, a fellowship time and starts talking to him. But he starts talking to Peter specifically. And in John chapter 21, beginning with verse 15, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, yes what? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, master. Yes, head. Yes, king of my life. Yes. He said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, and feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes. One more time. Yes what, guys? Yes, Lord. Not yes, Jesus. Not yes, Christ. What did he say, guys? He said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Verse 18, most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you girded your, uh, yourself and walked where you wished. Anybody ever done that before? <laughs> girded yourself and walked where you wished. But how many realize, I don't know this, that maybe this, you know, as you, as you walk with the Lord for a length of time, you start realizing, you know, and some of us are a little slower than others. I include myself in that bunch. But sometimes it just takes a little longer to realize, you know, His ways are really the best ways. When it's all said and done, and when we've, when we've, when we've exhausted our strength, and we've exhausted our choices, and we just say yes to Him, isn't it so much better? I tell you what, real, when He's Lord of your life, it's liberating. People had this idea that when he becomes Lord, it is for some kind of crazy thought process. It's like, oh, that's going to be difficult. He's going to ask me to do all these, these things I don't want to do. I'm going to tell you what, when he becomes Lord of your life, it is liberating. It is absolutely freeing when you say yes to him. And so he said this one more time. He said, Lord, you know all things you love. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Most assuredly, once again, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself. When you're old, you will stretch out your hands and other will carry you, will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, what did he say to him? Everybody help me with those next two words. Follow me. Follow me. And folks, I believe and just what I sense in my heart, the cry of the heart of God, the cry of of the Spirit of God to all Christians, not just Christians at Cornerstone Church, but Christians all over is this, follow me, follow me. When I'm Lord of your life, you're going to follow me. Amen. When I have declared you're the head of my life, when I've said everything else is, is, is not important, you know, people may not understand, others may not understand, family, listen, may not understand, but I'm not here to please anybody else but him. 
Amen. And when I say yes to him, Daddy, listen. Daddy, when you say yes to him, it's Lord over your, your life, your family will reap the benefits of it. So many times we want, we want all the stuff that goes along, the blessings and promise, and thank God for that. But I'm going to tell you, there's some things that we're required to do from Scripture. Amen. Amen. To believe the promises. To have integrity and character part of our life, not be a character. You ever heard anybody say, boy, he's a character. Well, you don't want that. You want somebody that has character, somebody that's honest, and somebody that has integrity, and somebody that's a person of their word. Amen. We honor, we know God honors that. But I just believe that what, what we're hearing him say today is follow me. But this happens today, still happens today with people. It's so funny. It still happens, though. If you were to keep reading, we won't take the time to keep reading. But, you know, uh, Peter turns around and he sees John, you know, and he says, Lord, what about him? What about him? <laughs> Isn't it funny? What about him? Lord, Lord speaking to him, now you follow me. And he goes, what about him? What, what are you going to ask of him? And aren't you, aren't, you neat, aren't you glad the Lord goes, now let me explain this to you. This is my reasoning behind this. You know, folks, sometimes you just have to take what God says and that's it. Not to have all kind of explanation and, you know, Lord, explain this to me. God's ways are higher than our ways. And his plans and thoughts are better than our thoughts and ways. And so we just say yes to him. He said, Lord, what about him? What's going to happen? What's going to happen with him? The Lord said, listen, if he should be here until I come, you don't worry about that. I love it. He said, you... Do what? You follow me. You follow me. Well, see, now, was this a message that, that Peter really grabbed a hold of? Did he really get this in his heart and begin to share it about his lordship? About him being Savior, yes. About the works of Jesus. But what about his position as Lord of a person's life? Did he really get that on the inside? And the answer to that is yes, he did. Look to Acts 10 real quickly. Acts, the 10th chapter. You're right there in the book of John, turn over just a few pages to the book of Acts, the 10th chapter. Gentile by the name of Cornelius has had a vision and he's called to instruct a man by the name of Peter to come to him. He's going to share some things with him. Peter, you know, is, is, is praying up on the housetop and has a vision and God shows to him some things. And he, he, these, these men come to this door and say, I want you to come. And the Lord tell, tells him, go with them. It's right for you to go. Go to this house of this Gentile, which really was forbidden by the Jews. And so he, yet he goes to this house of this man by the name of Cornelius. And listen to what he says. I mean, these verses, folks, I tell you what, if they grab your heart like they grab mine, it'll, we'll, we're, gonna, we're on the way somewhere. Listen to this. John chapter 10, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 33. Acts 10, 33 says this. So I sent to you immediately and have... Done well to come, or you've done well to come. Now, therefore, we're all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Verse 34 of Acts 10, then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Verse 35, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Verse 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through who? Jesus Christ. And what are those next words? He is Lord of all. He's Lord. He preached Jesus. But listen to what else it said once again, that 36th verse. He is what? He's Lord of all. He's Lord of all. 
Once again, I'm going to say this to you because I believe it's strong in my spirit. I believe the, the cry of God's spirit, of his heart, to people today. And specifically, I think it's all, but what I sense for us is follow me. Because he said this, I'm getting ready to take you on a journey. That's going to take you trusting me completely. Individually, for your family, ministry, but also for the work of God at Cornerstone Church. You've got, I've got to be Lord. It can't be a second or third way down the road. It's I'm Lord of all. And I love what he said here once again. He said, listen, Jesus Christ is what he is. Lord of all. Everybody say Lord of all. Lord of all. He's Lord. He's supreme ruler, head over all. Individually. And I'm just going to ask you over this next week or so, just as you're reading through scriptures and maybe even if you're doing a little study on, on something, just look up the word Lord, Lordship. The word Savior is used, I can't it's like 37, 38 times in the New Testament. The word Lord is used many, many more times. Savior is important, and I'm thankful that he's Savior, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm just as excited about him being Lord of my life. I'm thankful for his works, yes, but I'm also thankful for his position, that he sits as king and the supreme ruler and authority over my life. Let me ask you a question. Is he Lord of all to you today? Is he Lord to you? And like I say, we're going to pursue this so much more in, 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 the, in the weeks to come and because I think it's so needful today for people to understand this subject of lordship. Thank God for people getting saved. But folks, that's just getting on the journey. That just gets you in the game if you will. That just starts the walk with God. When we, as we walk and, with him and learn more about his precepts and his ways, we, found, we find out really from the very beginning, not only does he want to be Savior, he wants to be Lord of your life. We'll close with this. At, I'm sorry, um, Philippians chapter 2, real quickly. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to close with this this morning, and we're going to pray. Philippians chapter 2. Verses 5 through 9. We read this. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. One, scripture, one translation says he emptied himself of his mighty weight and glory. Came in the likeness of men. Verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9. Therefore, God also has, what, highly exalted him, oh, glory to God, and given him the name, the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth, and of those under the earth, then verse 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ, everybody say, is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee, one of these days, is going to bow. Heaven, earth, under the earth, every tongue is going to confess that he's Lord. My challenge to this particular church body, this to Cornerstone, is we are declaring his lordship because we choose to. We choose to make him Lord. Folks, one of these days, whether that knee wants to bow or not, every knee is going to bow. 
the rankest, most perverted person, the atheist that claims to be so smart above everybody else, one of these days, every knee is going to bow. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess he's Lord. But I'm going to tell you what we choose to do. Make that declaration right now. Not because we have to. Not because we're pressured to. But because we want him, yes, to be Savior. But you know what? I also want him to be Lord of my life. I had, I'm not a good Lord of my life. I'm not at all a good Lord of my life. But he is. And this morning, I, I, I want you just to take the message to heart about lordship. And like I say, we're going, to spend, we're going to spend some time on this because I think it's so, so very important to I believe where God wants to take us. As a church, yes. But where God wants to take your family. Another way that uh, lordship was defined, it just, it just came up in my heart, was reverence and honor. When we're, when we're saying you're Lord, we're reverencing and honoring him in our life. Thank God. Well, this is not the time to be some casual Christian. Amen. It's time to be so passionate. Come on now. You'll help me out. It's so important to be involved in this. Not just sitting back and kind of letting it all. But I'm telling you what. I want to be right in the middle of what God's doing. How about you? I don't want to be on the sideline going, boy, I wish I could get in the game. Get in the game. Amen. Get in the game. He's Savior. He's Lord. I'm ready to do what God has called me and purpose for me to do in these last days. Because I'm here to tell you, we are living in the last of the last of the last days. And the scripture says we are to be showing ourselves pure before him, honorable lordship of his life, making him Lord of our life in every area. We believe you are blessed by this message today, and we encourage you to stay in God's word. Cornerstone's mission is to be actively involved in the Great Commission by raising up and equipping a body of believers who are empowered with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God for the purpose of impacting those people around them with the love and goodness of God. For more information about Cornerstone Church and other resources that are available to assist you in your spiritual growth, contact our office at 334-983-1848 or visit us online at ccdothan.org.